Everyone likes dinosaurs, right? I mean, come on, Jurassic Park took the world by storm almost 30 years ago now, and ever since then, Hollywood has been milking that cash Tyrannosaurus Rex. Get it? Not a cash cow. Anywho, uh, for this little Patreon snippet here that you guys are about to hear, the homie Caleb and myself uh, discuss some spoiler-free stuff from the latest Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World Dominion. This was also another really fun episode. Uh, We had definitely some uh, interesting thoughts about the movie and about the franchise as a whole, and really that's what the first portion uh, of this episode is all about. So you guys get about uh, about 30 minutes or so of content from that uh, Patreon episode that we did on Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed as much as we did. We had a blast with it. And uh, again, thank you guys for uh, hanging around and for uh, listening in. Uh, if you guys like the whole epi- if you guys would like to hear the whole, whole episode, you can go to patreon.com backslash superhero homies. You guys could access to this and all of our other cool content. Uh, but until next time, I will see you guys later. Enjoy the episode. a story of a crazed old man with like a nectar bug and he had an idea to create a park where the children could run around and ride stegosauruses and fly on triceratops it was a wonderful vision he had he said one day one day this place would be a, a sanctum for all human and dinosaur kind of like maybe a place where people can can learn to cherish one another spend time together learn the real value of life and I'll I'll call this place this place this refuge I'll call it Jurassic Park he said Okay. He brings things back from the dead. The dead. He, he he derives his power from an ancient staff. <laughs> you know, it, it's a matter of perspective. It thank is. thank you very much, sir. It is from a certain point of view. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is all his fault. It is. It really is. <laughs> Uh, homies, Patreoners, welcome back to a very special episode of the Superhero Homies Podcast, the Jurassic Edition. My name is Quentin, and as always, I am here with the Stegosaurus impersonator himself, Caleb. Uh, I am Superhero Homie Caleb, and I will not be... You know what, I might do a Stegosaurus impersonation <laughs> for the uh, intermission. I'll think about yes. it. Yes. Yes. We're going to turn this off now. After this...
this after all of that. If you're still with us after that ridiculous introduction. I feel like um, that's more of the main theme than we actually got in the movie. It is. But yeah. uh, it's time for the reading of the rules. Yes. So the reading of the rules are as follows. Uh, what are the goddamn rules? Oh, yeah. So the first portion of this episode will be spoiler free. Meaning that if you have not yet seen the latest Jurassic World movie that is A-OK, there will be no spoilers here. But there will be a pause in the episode about the midway point, in which case you will have the opportunity uh, to pause the episode. Because once we resume, the episode will be spoiler-filled. We will give you a notification when we go to the spoiler-filled section. But for now, the episode is spoiler-free. Caleb, thank you for joining here. Joining me here tonight. Yeah, man. Uh, as always, I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, and this is uh, this is actually a, a pretty awesome occasion because I'm kind of a big fan of this franchise. Um, and, and, you know, maybe we should start off by kind of uh, talking about the history, you know, of the franchise here. Yeah. Because I think everyone would agree that the original Jurassic Park is like a, is a is a classic. Oh, um, undoubtedly, it, it is. It is a, a testament to the power of Hollywood. Um, it hold, It is one of the few movies that's considered a classic, but also holds up to this day. I actually watched it uh, Wednesday. Uh, I saw mm. the movie yesterday when it came out, and but uh, the day before that, I actually just watched the original. And other than the very few times in the movie that they had to use CG, like um, you know, at the very beginning. When they see the the brontosaurus, yeah, that's a CG shot. Mm-hmm. You never knew it in the '90s because yeah. it just looked amazing. But if you watch it in like HD, mm-hmm. you're like, "That's a CG dinosaur." <laughs> but all of pretty much every other shot in the movie, even some of the shots of the T Rex where the T Rex is CG, mm-hmm. still look very good. But everything else is practical. So you know when he lays across the. The, the fallen, uh, is it Stegosaurus? No, it's Triceratops, right? Or is it Stegosaurus? I thought it was a Stegosaurus. It might have been Triceratops, though. I thought I it was Stegosaurus. I think it's a Triceratops that's... Mm. I think it's a Trigus. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, when he lays on the thing, yeah. that iconic scene where it's breathing, that's right. a real a thing. It's not a real Triceratops, but you know... It's we, a, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't, but it's an <laughs> animatronic. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it holds up super well. And uh, the story is well told. And, and one of the things I noticed uh, on that viewing of the first movie is that the first movie is unique in that it is shot like a horror film. Yes. Um, it's literally a, these guys go to this park, and then we have the, between, you know, when we leave Act 1 and go into Act 2, we have this tonal shift. And from then on, it's shot as a horror film. And I don't think any of the other movies in the franchise ever truly nailed that. No, you're, you're right. And I think to a degree, a part of the problem, especially with the, uh, the world trilogy, as I'll call them, um, it's the fact that they kind of start to lean on there being a, uh, an actual tangible antagonist instead of the environment being the antagonist. Yes, um, they're definitely more human focused. Uh, for instance, um, a lot of people, like people, were split on Lost World when mm-hmm. it came out, uh, which is Jurassic Park Two. Um, I always loved that movie. I'm a big fan of it even today. As a matter of fact, I think it's a pretty unique movie sequel. It is. But by the time Jurassic Park Three came out, 
we were in like they were behind the times, right? Like the the idea of the standalone sequel was gone in our yeah. society. Uh, because that used to be how Hollywood did things, but by the time Jurassic Park 3 came out, they had not gotten the memo that if you're going to do a movie trilogy now, people want a cohesive storyline. They want the individual movies to be fulfilling, mm-hmm. but they want a, a cohesive storyline weaved throughout those movies. And you know, while there are some really like we don't respect the audience's intelligence at all moments in Jurassic Park 3, um, I, I still enjoy it but I understand that it's bad. But a lot of the reason I think why the box office was, was not done well and why it was so poorly received is because, once again, they had not got the memo that culture had moved on since Lost World. And, you know, uh, if you think about the time that movie came out, it's like the same time that, like, Harry Potter and, like, Lord of the Rings were... Oh, my gosh, you're right. Right, were, were, yeah. were coming out. And those were big, like, you know, they were selling like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, you have these these movies that are super interconnected, and they're 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 high budget, and they're supported by Hollywood. And then, you know, Jurassic Park three came out, and it was just like, even though the franchise was aging at that point, it made it look way older than it really was. It did, it, it did, because I was going to ask you like, what year did Jurassic three come out in? Uh, but yeah, you just answered that question because. I couldn't remember if it was like the the late late nineties or if it was actually at the the turn of the new millennium, and uh, that's kind of wild to think about because yeah we got we got some really amazing cutting edge films. So so uh, if if I would have asked you to guess what year Jurassic Park three came out in, what would you have guessed? My original guess would have honestly been ninety eight. It came out in 2001. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, it expl- explains everything. It's yeah. like it was 14 years before they made another one uh, because they, they morbius themselves. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they released a movie that would have been great several mm-hmm. years before. I mean, you got to go back further for Morbius, but <laughs> yeah. if you just think about the, the shift in – Hollywood during that time. I mean, the, the first Lord of the Rings movie came out on VHS. Shit, yeah, it did. Yeah, so that it was yeah. a transitionary. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Transitional period in Hollywood, and they were on the wrong side of it. Yeah, um, two thousand one. We had already gotten the Matrix, and we were about to get X Men. Yeah, no, we already got. Oh, X-Men. we had already gotten X Men. We were about yeah. to get Spider. We were about to get Spider Man. Yeah, that is <laughs> insanity. Yeah. Wow. And so it's no it's no wonder why that movie bombed so hard because yeah. it it feels like it should have came out in, you know, 98 or somewhere in there. Uh I have a confession to make. I've actually only seen Jurassic 3 twice total and that was when I was a kid. Uh that's the one that I'm least familiar with even in comparison to like these new ones. Uh for that one, we don't get the full trio back, do we? No, because no, um, Jeff Goldblum, he's not in the. In Jeff that Goldblum's one. not in it. So the main the main cast member that we get back for that, we get Alan Grant, yep. which is got to be the only reason I like that movie uh, because he's my favorite character in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the actor that plays him, I can't think of his name right now, but that is my. Sam. Is it Sam? It's not Sam Elliott. It's Sam uh, Neil. Sam, Sam Neil. Yeah. It's my favorite role that he's. 
you know, it's kind of like the way I was introduced to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do get a very brief, like, uh, deus ex machina uh, scene at the end of Jurassic Park 3 where Ellie Sadler, like, saves the day miraculously with a cell phone. Yeah. (laughs) Like, somehow they're in, like, a cage sinking into the mud. Right. And he calls her. And she's able to get the National Guard there, like, before they die. Right. You know, and he's, like, they're doing, like, the Terminator thing where he's holding yeah. the phone out of the mud, like, as they sink. Jesus, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, that was a rough go. Um, I don't know if you still have a pulled up here. Do you remember who directed that one? Because that was not Spielberg. Uh, it definitely wasn't Spielberg. Well, he uh, didn't do the second one either, though, so... No, that's true. Um, so Jurassic Park three, um, let's see. It was written by I don't know any of these people, but it was hmm. it was directed by Joe Johnston. I know that name, but I, I can't. do too. He did Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, uh, wow. Okay, he did Jumanji. Holy shit! Um, and he also directed a uh, this little movie called Captain America: The First Avenger. Mother, wait, so he also did The Rocketeer then, didn't he? Um, it's not on the list Oh, here. okay. Well, this is this is notable work. Oh. <laughs> okay, I, no wonder all of this was um was uh was was good. I was like, "Wow, this is a great track record." Yeah. Uh he did Jumanji, he did The Page Master. Jesus. He did The Rocketeer. Oh, um, he did The Rocketeer, yeah. He did Not Safe for Work, and he actually did uh, a couple episodes of The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. For those of you who are older than I am. So they, they got the right guy. They did. Yeah. They definitely got the right guy. Yeah. I mean, That's uh, interesting. It was the first film to not be directed by Spielberg, who actually did direct he, Lost World. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was. And here's the other thing, too. Um, you know, and, and this this might go back into some Game of Thrones territory. Uh, it's important to note that the Lost World is where they ran out of Michael Crichton's books. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard, and, yeah. and I have actually—I was actually pretty young when I read the Lost World by Michael Crichton because um, I loved Jurassic Park and I wanted to read more. I wanted yeah. to know more, and and the book The Lost World is not very—it's—it's it's pretty far off from what we get in the movie. They actually have like a, a chameleon dinosaur that can like camo themselves and like blend in with stuff really well. That's terrifying. Super terrifying, yeah. But that you I mean you know the CG and stuff was not there. Yeah. And so it's probably a good thing in retrospect that they didn't go for that. That's true. It just ends up looking like the Predator. Right. Yeah. It would have been like, <laughs> how did they not see that there? It's right. All wavy and blurry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then. We move on into the Jurassic World franchise 14 years later. Uh, and I made this comparison to you off mic. And the more time goes on, I'm just like, I hate that this is such a good comparison. But uh, Jurassic World, uh, in a lot of ways, was following the Star Wars sequel trilogy blueprint to AT. Um, you know, they, they brought in someone with World to make basically just the first movie but different and it lacked a lot of the nuance of the first movie um it uh was no longer original because Mm -hmm. it was just the first movie redone 
Um, and the first movie did not have anybody running from a T-Rex in high heels. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's still one of the craziest things to me in the yeah. whole franchise. Not yeah. that the dinosaurs exist, but that she ran from that T-Rex in high heels. In high heels. Time. You got to look good doing it. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, but uh, So, you know, they, they made a, a carbon copy of the first movie. And then they went, well, we need something completely different. And they gave us completely irredeemable nonsense. Uh, and then they called uh, Colin Trevorrow to, to try to fix it. Um, Colin Trevorrow directed the first Jurassic World. Yep. And so right shortly after that, Kathleen Kennedy um, grabbed him. And they announced him very early, I think. Before The Last Jedi even came out, they announced that Colin Trevorrow was going to direct the third movie. So Ryan Johnson was not the first choice. No, the, no, he was never going to return, I don't think. Mm. And so Ryan Johnson, uh, you know, between Last Jedi coming out and Colin Trevorrow going, okay, I'll make something out of this. Uh, segments of Colin Trevorrow's script leaked for Rise of Skywalker. And it wasn't going to be called that either. I forget oh. what it was going to be called, but... It sounds immensely better than what we got. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it never came to be because creative differences. But he did return to work on this movie. Um, and, and I will go ahead and say that I think this movie is a lot better than Fallen Kingdom. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, I'm someone who just admitted in public that I like Jurassic Park 3. So, when I tell you that that's the worst movie with dinosaurs in it. I mean, it, it it's like Jurassic Park 3 was a terrible movie, but I could mm-hmm. sit down and watch it with you right now and enjoy myself. I can't enjoy Fallen Kingdom. Literally, I think the only scene in that movie that is worth anything is probably the the when the volcano erupts. Yeah. And at that point, the most human characters mm-hmm. in the film die, which is the, the brontosaurus don't make it off the island. And after that, the most human character in the whole movie is a CG raptor. Yeah. Because Blue has more personality than all of the actual people in that film. A thousand percent agreed. Um, Fallen King, so here's the thing. I guess like my trajectory was, uh, you know, also that Jurassic Park 1, obviously that's the gold standard. I mean. For, for, for storytelling in general. Storytelling in general. It is just a, such a phenomenal movie, and it really just pushed the boundaries Right. Like, yeah, it was just 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 fantastic piece of work. And and the character from the characters to I mean, hell, I, there really are some comparisons you can make to that in Star Wars, you know. So here's another interesting <laughs> tidbit for you and the <clears throat> listeners. The reason that Kathleen Kennedy has a job at um at all is she's the one that um that got them to fix the run on the T-Rex in the first Jurassic Park. Are you serious? So when the t- when the T-Rex, uh, a lot of the scenes of the T-Rex, it's a real anima- it's an animatronic. Mm-hmm. But in the scene where the T-Rex is like running, where it's chasing them, that's CG. Mm-hmm. And uh, she like there was some I I don't know the all the ins and outs of it, but there was. There were some guys who were working on like an alternate run pattern for the T-Rex using some other program. And she walked in the room and happened to see them working on it. It was like, hey, what are you guys working on? And then uh, they were like, uh, well, you know, we, we're toying around with like the run for the T-Rex. We think we can make it look more natural because it doesn't look that good right now. 
So she went to Steven Spielberg and was like, hey, I got this idea about how we can fix the T-Rex run, and that's why Kathleen Kennedy has her job. I'm sure that time travel exists somewhere, and we can go back and we can... (laughs) Of all the things in history, (laughs) this is the thing we want to (laughs) fix. The comparisons with Star Wars, I mean, the, the, the linkage between the two franchises is crazy. I mean, it's kind of kind of scary the more you think about it. Yeah, yeah, because you have like this this iconic trio. Uh, you have like this technology that that is pushing the boundaries for its time, and then you have this incredible story that is wrapping it all together. And it's like, yeah, th- there are some really stark similarities here. You have a really strong, likable, uh, much adored uh, female protagonist. Yes. Who she later tried to ruin. (laughs) (laughs) And they even got Laura Dern to be in The Last Jedi. Holy shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As like the most terrible character they ever came up with. How did I not even think about that? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many comparisons between the two. Well, that's kind of bizarre. I don't know. And it it was real. I think that's one of the worst things about that movie is when I went into it, I was like, oh, I love Laura Dern. She's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, oh, not not like this. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So it was nice in this movie to be able to see her and like be like, yes, this is the, you know, she's this is this character that that, uh, you know, that we all love. Dr. Sadler is in the movie, by the way. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. In case you consider that a spoiler and didn't see any trailers or advertisements for this. Right. In that case, uh, good good job navigating the internet. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. Uh, another difference, I think, <clears throat> between Jurassic World and Jurassic Park is in Jurassic Park, for the most part, the characters don't do anything superhuman. And, Very and, true. And maybe that's just an, uh, <clears throat> an effect of modern cinema, and, and we live in the age of, like, Fast and Furious, where, like, you can fall from space, and like if Vin Diesel drives his car up under you, you live. Um, <laughs> you know, but like I, that's another thing in Jurassic World is the main characters they have like superhero strength and oh, speed. Yeah, and, they're yeah they're superheroes. Yeah, um, but you, you mentioned that <clears throat> about how that's kind of like a modern day thing, but I, for so many reasons, that's just not an excuse. No, because it's because not. E- even back in like 92, was it 92 or 93 when Jurassic Park came out? I want to say it was 93. Yeah. Which it, is crazy. Yeah. You watch that movie now and it's like, this came out in 93. Right. And it's just like, it was so ahead of its time. I mean, <clears throat> if you put it next to like The Phantom Menace, which came out in 99. In 99, yeah. If, if you took like a young person now and were like, which one of these movies came out first? Right. They'd be like, well, the graphics in this one look terrible. So yeah. it had to have it had been, been Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, even back in the 90s, like, we still had like, you know, kind of eye-rolling, super human action hero performances from like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Jean-Claude Van Damme. And, like, those were the guys who were performing, like, those types of superheroic feats in movies back then. But even still, that w- they didn't bother to put that in Jurassic Park because it's not needed. Yeah, if, if your <coughs> characters can fight dinosaurs mm-hmm. without weapons, I mean, in <laughs> Jurassic Park, like, you can't fight the dinosaurs with weapons. Right. Like, in the opening shot of the film, 
they established the power dynamic here. We are no longer the apex predator mm-hmm. on this planet. One raptor is in a cage surrounded by people with guns. And, like, that raptor is winning. Yeah. For all we can tell. Right. So, I mean, it's you know, it's definitely a situation where uh, the... I felt like the there were much more there was much more at stake when the characters were were human, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that's that that's something that's lost. That's that sort of that nuance that that is lost in the world trilogy. And uh, you know, for um, the first Jurassic World movie, the one that came out in twenty fifteen, uh, because we already know who we're mainly talking about. And that's Chris Pratt's character, Owen Owen Grady, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, in that movie, his character, I. You know, I said I can take a step back and I can let, you know, I can let that slide what he's doing, you know, because he's the guy who has, you know, worked with these group of of raptors since, you know, they were babies. This is the guy who was like a, a former Navy SEAL or something like that, you know, like he's he's got training and whatnot. So I, I can I can believe, you know, that he's able to do certain things in this movie. And, and for the most part, in the 2015 Jurassic World movie, they kept it pretty relatively tame in comparison to what they would do with him. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was excellent as his boss. Yes, he was. I, Vincent D'Onofrio, he's so good. He, he can hide in plain sight <laughs> in a role. And he's a very large person. He's a very large person to do that, too. <laughs> yeah. How do you keep doing that? Stop it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's like, you know, you, you see what he does and uh, in Jurassic World and you're like, okay, I can buy that. In Fallen Kingdom, we get some things that are a little bit, um, you know, okay, now we're kind of taking things a little bit overboard a little bit. Uh, Yeah, they ran from a volcano and made it. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. But there's, there's no, there's no dodging it, man. And this one in uh, Dominion, I mean, he's, he straight up got superpowers. I, I don't think he does anything in, in this one that he doesn't do in the second movie. But the, the thing about it is, in the second movie, everyone has superpowers. Like mm. it, like the girl, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Come on, the clone girl? Yeah, uh, uh, Macy. Macy, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So like Macy, Claire, and, and I want to love Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. in everything. Like... I would give it all up for Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. Like, whatever. Yep. Like, um, you know, if if uh, you know if if you're a sugar mama, Bryce Dallas Howard, and you're looking for a sugar baby, like, hit me up. Hey, I, I'll move out to wherever. Right. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> um, and I I love her acting in like everything. I mean, uh, you know, pretty much anything that she's in, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and uh, I think she's an excellent director. Yeah, like it's. I want her to direct a Star Wars trilogy. Um, another comparison, uh, but uh, it's hard for me to like her, and I think the reason uh, because her character is so one dimensional, and I think the reason that it stands out in this movie more than any of the other movies is because the old characters, like the the traditional characters, don't have superpowers. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like they are there themselves from the first movie, and it's like Owen it just he in this movie he feels like a fish out of water. It's like he doesn't belong mm-hmm. in this movie. I mean, it, it, worse than Claire, uh, worse than uh, Macy, because he still does not have a character here. No, he he doesn't. 
And um, I feel like the closest he had to having a character was was in the first movie in Jurassic World. But, you know, even then, when you look back at it, it wasn't so much that he had a character, but he had a he had a he had an arc. You know, right. he, he had a plot with Blue. Yeah. And that's really kind of what they use for his character. Uh, but, you know, so kind of speaking of that, man, um, you, you said that you like Dominion more than Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Correct. Okay. I like all of them more than Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, that is very fair. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you like it more than the 2015 Jurassic World? That's tough. Mm-hmm. Um I will say that on the initial viewing, um, I probably liked World more because I was just so happy there was a Jurassic movie back, right? Mm-hmm. That, and we were revisiting the park. And, and the, the cool thing about World is in Jurassic Park, we never got to see the park open. Like We got to see like a preview for a park, and it worked really well in that movie. But in Jurassic World, we got to see, like, okay, if this, if this was really a theme park, and it actually worked. Like, what would that look like? And and those parts of that movie are fantastic. I think the third act is where that movie really falls off when they realize, hey, we don't really have anything. And and another thing that uh, the World Trilogy uh, relies on in every film uh, is they have the, the random big creature fight at the end that doesn't yep. make a lot of sense. And, um, you know, again, not... To spoil spoil anything, but it's often like this kind of two on one scenario. Yeah, because yeah, in the first one, it was what the the, the was, ultra mega T Rex. Yeah, uh, I used to have the name memorized. It was so ridiculous. Fucking uh, it, it, Indominus Rex. Yeah, it's yes. like an unobtainium level. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just just terrible. Name. Right. Uh, and, and so yeah, the T Rex, and then he's helped by the water creature, right? In the end, but before that, he's is is the T Rex and uh, a Raptor. I think blue. It's blue. Yeah. yeah, and then they're able to maneuver the yeah. Indominus Rex near. The- man, oh man, maybe humankind and dinosaurs just aren't meant to live together at the same time. Maybe that's why they never existed at the same time. Who knows? But hey, guys, that's gonna be it for this Patreon uh, clip. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. And again, if you did, you can get the whole episode the whole episode at patreon.com backslash superhero homies. I will see you guys later. And in the meantime, I am going to try to learn how to talk properly. (laughs) And I'm going to try to recover from this little, whatever this is I have, but uh, yeah, thank you guys again for listening in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. As always, any and all feedback is appreciated. That will be all for this one. But until next time, it is your boy, superhero homie Q signing off. Peace.